On the one end, you're a dreamer. On the other end, you have to be paranoid. The more extreme things you want to try, the more things you got to worry about. And so as you do that, and as people watch you do that, capital comes along the way. What is good, everybody? Michael Zakhand here, founder and creator of Our Future, the business podcast for young people where you, the listener, will get exclusive industry insights and career advice from the brightest minds in business three times a week in short, high energy episodes framed through the perspective of a 20 year old college kid. Today, I have the tremendous pleasure of bringing on Raul Mopuri, the CEO of View Inc., the world's leading smart glass manufacturer and a company I interned at in high school, and they're going public. Today on the show, Rao explains why the company is going public via the Cantor Fitzgerald SPAC, trading on the NASDAQ as CFII. They've raised over a billion bucks to date, including from SoftBank, and they're going for more to unlock the future of smart buildings, to mitigate climate change, and create new human experiences in the indoor environment. It's crazy news, and I can't tell you guys how incredible this feels to have interned at this company when I was 16, to have Rao believe in me then. And now to be bringing this conversation to the world, announcing this insane news about a company that is destined for the stars. Please enjoy my interview with Raul Mabuti. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are live here with Raul Mabuti. And I, I just want to start things up, Raul. I mean, congrats on, on the announcement to go public. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's huge. Thank you, Michael. It's exciting. And uh, I remember fondly the first time I met you. I don't know. I think you were in middle school, uh, but it's fun, uh, you know, watching you grow up and glad to be on your show. What's your ticker symbol going to be? You going to get view? We yeah, don't you know, know yet. We don't know yet. Somebody parked that symbol. So if one of you have this because it's not <laughs> out yet, you know, some apparently on the exchanges, you can go reserve it and it sits there for two years. Uh, we do have a backup symbol, um, but we don't know yet. We will be uh, getting there in the next couple of months. But in Thanks. the meantime, the yeah. SPAC that we're merging with is the Cantor Fitzgerald uh, number two, uh, which is trading on NASDAQ as CFII. Uh, so that's the SPAC that we are uh, merging with, and that becomes part of VIEW upon the completion of the, uh, the merger and the process when VIEW becomes public in the first quarter of 2021. Well, I love a good SPAC, man. You can you couldn't let the hype train go away. You had to hop on board, and I'm uh, love to hear it. Fascinating stuff. The new ways in which companies are going public. Let's talk about it. Um, I know I know what View is. Why don't you tell Why don't you tell everybody what what this company is? Yeah, you know, twelve years ago when I got into this, I got involved with View with really two main objectives in mind. Um, one is climate change, and two is human health. Uh, two of the biggest challenges and opportunities of our times, right? So what does the smart window have to do with it? Uh, well, the window has actually a profound impact on both of those, climate change and human health. Climate change is obvious because buildings consume about 40% of the energy in the world. Uh, in fact, they consume more energy than the entire transportation sector. And you've seen the type of change that industry is going through. So you can't solve climate change without solving for buildings. But the window, um, you know, actually is where the energy can be lost or created uh, by way of the light that comes in, by way of the infrared heat that goes across and the insulation losses, et cetera. So um, window plays a big role on energy consumption for both HVAC and lighting. And if you can make the window more efficient, it's better for the building. 
the human health aspect is humans are an outdoor species. You know, our ancestors lived outdoors and over the last literally few hundred years, we found and, and our parents and others have found ways to create shelter. It keeps us separated from the elements. So that's why it's important. We're kind of protected, but on the same hand, we are an outdoor species, so we need the connection. So the window came in because glass is kind of, as a material scientist, I find it to be a magical material in that it's a wall you can see through. So how lucky are we as humans to have discovered this material? You bring more natural light into the building, you're physically and mentally better off. You'll have a better sleep because of circadian rhythm. Your eyes feel better, your mental state is better. So for all those reasons, the window has a big impact on both climate change and health, uh, human health. And we've basically taken it to the next level. And so how do we do that? We do this with this technology called smart windows. The base technology is called electrochromism, electrons and chrome is color. You put them together, you're changing color in transparent materials by using electrical uh, input. So this technology has been the technology of the future or of science fiction for a long time. And we built all of the building blocks needed to bring this to scale. And we today are over a thousand patents. Uh, we spent over a billion dollars to get to this point. We're now in about 500 buildings um, spanning all across US and Canada, and we're starting to go international. We're now in a number of prominent buildings and growing very rapidly. Um, and so it's been an incredible journey in the last 12 years building this company yeah. along with my colleagues. Why do you need to keep raising more, more cash? You've raised so much. What, what does it go to? So this particular round, we're raising $800 million. And uh, this is also what's taking us public. We have 300 million of it committed by way of um, a pipe. And the 500 million is in trust with this pack that we're merging with. So a total of $800 million. Um, if you look at where we are, we built a lot of manufacturing cap capacity, but we need to continue to build that out. Um, we have a base product that's in its fourth generation and it's beautiful. We have a set of new products that are mostly developed and continuing to fill that out and there's more applications coming. Um, and then we have a front end where it's from a sales and marketing point of view, we're just getting started, right? We're like barely scratching the surface. And so we have investments to make in every single area. This is a trillion dollar market, right? And we are, we are nowhere, like we, we just got started. And uh, so, you know, investments are needed in every area. Um, and if you're growing 100% a year, your cash flow will never match the growth. Although in our case, with high margins coming up in the future, there is a chance for us to use kind of organic cash to continue to grow. Um, so this is really needed for growth. Uh, Michael, even at 10% global adoption, this is well over a hundred billion dollar business. I think it takes not many more, you know, fingers in the hands to get to businesses, you know, single companies that are over a hundred billion. And so uh, we have a huge, huge opportunity. We have a long road ahead to drive this change. I think if we keep doubling our business, you know, annually, uh, it, it's still as far as you can see, this business will keep growing. We don't think of the window as an active element in our surroundings. We kind of just, it's there. And views technology makes us acknowledge that. And I, I even love how you describe it through like an evolutionary perspective. I know you guys set up smart glass at an airport. I remember reading a, a cool case study and it was right in front of the bar at the airport and people were ordering more drinks because they were in a more, they were in a better environment overall. And, you know, there's two great selling points you have. You're, sell, you're saving money and you're also providing that employee wellness, but 
your, your business is, is quite predicated on the construction of new buildings. If you're a company, why is the future to build a new headquarters for your, for your employees? Or is, it, or is it remote? I mean, I know you're in the office right now. Yeah, it's a great question. I'd say given we're in the middle of the pandemic, I think this is the central question in everyone's mind. So clearly we've learned how to operate in our modern life and modern work in a video environment. But just like we saw in retail, where you used to have to go to the store to buy stuff, and now you can sit at home and order on Amazon or Walmart or some other way, um, that's called omni-channel, which is you can be anywhere and transact. But turns out you still want to go there to touch and feel at times, right? In office, it's even more so, where you could probably do certain transactional work remotely, but anything that requires collaboration, culture, energy, co-creation, that has onboarding. There is no substitute to being in person, feeling each other's energy, to be honest, okay? The pandemic has gotten us away, but there's a natural need for you know, humans to socialize. That's just how we are designed evolutionary-wise. Just because video is invented and we quickly zoom to this, no pun intended, in the last couple of years, doesn't change who we are. It's just like we need that light. We need certain things, right? We need relationships. And so I think ultimately office will be different in that if you used to work 10 hours a week at home, you may now work 20 hours a week at home, right? Or five hours at a Starbucks, but you'll still need to come to work, certainly for many of the type of businesses we deal with. The interesting thing with that for us as a business is the value of time spent and the type of time you spend at the workplace is much more oriented around the experience and collaboration, less around transactional, right? So whatever space will be built or renovated will be done with a thought around the people and their interaction with each other and what makes them productive. That bodes very, very well for our business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's many tech companies, especially that have emphasized they're actually buying up real estate right now. They're trying to expand in person. You know, they're using it as an opportunity to look at this period. It's a slowdown. All right, let's tear everything down. Let's put view glass in, in our offices. So when people return, it's going to be this exceptional environment where, you know, that great natural light benefit can be a part of that experience. And I think it's pretty Yeah, exciting. you know, one thing to touch on there is in the pandemic, clearly some of the new construction may slow down, but it's actually a great opportunity for these owners to reposition their properties because any repositioning you do is actually going to be delivered post-pandemic. And there could be some competition among themselves. So whoever has the office with the better amenities, they're going to win. To continue on this conversational thread, we're talking about work from home and, and the traditional office environment. But what I'm excited about, Rao, is for your tech to enter the home. I have a lot of faith in tech. I have a lot of faith in capitalism. And I love how technologies can trickle down to the everyday man. What's the challenge to getting it to, I guess, the economies of scale? What, what, when might this be able to get to us? It's a bit of a secret so far. But if you go on our website, you won't see any residential... Uh, single-family residential anyway. We have some multifamily, and that's growing quite a bit. We've actually quietly done about 50 homes. Uh, really? <laughs> it's the first time I'm sharing it with the world. No uh, way. Everybody, ours, obviously. Everybody, yeah. I'm giving you this guy's email if you want. Oh, uh, my God. Please don't <laughs> do that yet. Not yet. Not yet. So it's been in our home for the last seven years. Um, and so the dog has eaten the dog food, and it's amazing, amazingly tasteful. Um, but And we've done a few friends and family along the way. 
Um, it tends to go very well with large glass contemporary homes that have a lot of light exposure. Uh, and it's brilliant. It is really brilliant um, as, as an amenity in a home. As you know, in a big commercial building, there's a lot of glass in a given home, even the ones with very large contemporary homes. There's just not enough business for us so far to make that meaningful. So we did them as favors and in my case as a test. But on a going forward basis, you know, just be tuned, stay tuned for like the, within the next year, we're going to come up with a residential product. Uh, that's going to that's going to be suitable as a kind of an elegant, perfect, uh, perfectly designed for a residential type environment. But on the same hand, one that, you know, we can build a successful business in. We know that opportunity is very, very large. Right. In fact, it's larger than commercial. Uh, there is no technical limit. We just need some adaptations we need to do. We got to come up with certain standard formats by working with window companies. You know, we're a tech company and come out with something that works in a, in a residential home. So I'd say stay tuned. Definitely. We're staying tuned here. I'll, I'll be on the megaphone whenever it, it, it happens. I'd love, uh, perhaps we can slot ourselves in the mix somehow. Uh, anyhow, uh, Rao, what's incredibly impressive to me about you is how you've, you've raised so much money. This is a really capital intensive business. You've raised over a billion bucks. I mean, what have you, I mean, from SoftBank and from other amazing, you know, huge clients, you know, what have you learned through the, the fundraising process that you can share with other entrepreneurs and executives um, or maybe p potentially young people beginning their own kind of venture into to startups and, and such? It's now a 12 year journey to your point over a billion dollars, but each round we've moved the ball forward. And every time you move the ball forward, you create more belief, right? More people can come in. So the people that write a hundred million dollar check couldn't be there when you were just a concept. But once you've shown that you have a real product, you know, there's a population of people that this could be interesting to, to be part of. We are on the more extreme side because of the capital intensity, as you pointed out. Uh, and so the stakes get bigger as you progress further and the bigger checks need to come in. Um, and, you know, it doesn't always go in a straight line. So you will have a lot of testing moments. The highs are high, the lows are low, and especially the lows are the times when you need to dig deeper and have belief. It will never go according to plan. And the key is to iterate and iterate and iterate. It's not just the brilliant idea, but iterating towards that ideal goal. The, not, the one I would share with you is I see it as a fulcrum on which you can have two ends, right? On the one end, you're a dreamer. On the other end, you have to be paranoid. And the interesting thing I learned is the more you want to dream, the more paranoid you need to be. And most people live in the middle where they dream less and they don't have to be as paranoid. And it's a comfortable, healthy place to be. And that's okay for some people. But if you really dream without being paranoid, you could die. So the more extreme things you want to try, the more things you got to worry about. And so as you do that, and as people watch you do that, capital comes along the way. These are really interesting points, Rao. I feel like in business, there's just too much conversation about the fluffy, you know, the, the announcements and the cool tech, but really you have to be wary and you have, there are the lows and you do have to challenge yourself. And, and there are times where you're going to have to pick yourself up and be motivated. So speaking on that investor topic, I know my brother was lucky enough to work on a demo that you set up for, for key, key uh, people of interest and it's sick. This piece of glass you guys had projected a screen. There's potential to integrate facial recognition. There is all this, this insane potential in that one pane of glass. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, in fact, on Monday, we unveiled this for the world. It's on the front page of our website now. We haven't released these products yet, but within the next 12 months, you're gonna see these products be released. So what are those products? It's a display in a window. Every human being would rather be facing nature all the time. That's just how we're wired. So instead of having to face a wall, you'd now be facing the window and then the TV appears in the window, right? So you can do entertainment, you can do video conferencing, you can use it as your digital whiteboard, all the things you could do in a display. The second thing is networking and um, bringing connectivity. 5G dies at the edge of the building and you need to use all this additional infrastructure to bring it into each of the rooms. Here we can simply take the signal, put it into the same network we already have. It's high speed, it's powered, it's wired, it's there. Of course, any, you can break any window anywhere and the network system notifies it. You don't need to have those false positive you know, acoustic sensors and other types of things. And then finally, we built these environmental uh, sensors throughout that hang off of the same network throughout the building that are very easy to put together. They have compute, they have storage, and they can measure uh, CO2, carbon monoxide, VOCs, presence of people, et cetera, et cetera. So in this post-COVID mode, where everyone has anxiety around distancing, around health, around the quality of the air they're breathing, et cetera, et cetera, this network will enable a whole host of applications to come together. And finally, let's go back to the telephone, right? Think about the vision here as to where we can go with the smart window and this new platform. We used to have the land phone. I know you're probably too young to even know that such things were the only things existed. But the land phone, you know, we had a speaker, we had a microphone, we had a wire that connected to this little box that has a wire that went to the wall or the desk. That's what we were used to growing up. The mobile phone has the same speaker and the microphone, but it no longer has a wire. And because it didn't have a wire, it needed to have a battery and it needed to have an antenna to connect to the you know, base station and then a whole cell network. And that's what made ubiquitous conversations possible. You can be anywhere, speak to anybody else, but it's still a speaker and a microphone. But somebody looked at that and said, hey, I already have a speaker, microphone, and power, an antenna, and the cell network. Then you did a display and you put you know, buttons on it. Well, guess what? Now you can text, send packets of data to somebody. Right. Then someone said, well, I already have a display. If I put a camera on it, I can get rid of my digital camera. Right. Then you put an accelerometer in it. Then it ate the library. The phone ate the library. It ate the taxi. It's still eating things. Right. Millions of apps have been built on this thing that was originally meant to speak and listen. Whereas same with the window. Right. The dynamic window, which is our base product, it eliminates blinds keeps you comfortable, saves energy, saves the planet, great stuff. But then we said, wow, we've got all this infrastructure. How do we take that infrastructure and build a set of applications that human would love to do on this platform than on the desk or somewhere else that come almost for free? They come for a slight incremental cost because the network's already there. And so this will start to eat things around you in the building but it'll actually enable a whole host of applications that the world and even us haven't even thought about. So it's an incredibly exciting future. Um, and I think this has a chance to follow the journey like the telephone did in completely reimagining what the industry thought was possible. Rao, I'm, I'm always floored by your immense intelligence and your incredible ability to 
enumerate on the vision for this company. This really is one of those topics where the digital and physical experience, the line is very blurry. We've gone pretty far here, but what is your piece of career advice to a student my age who wants a piece of this future you're talking about? You know, I always tell people uh, that when you think about a career and many of your you know, colleagues here may be thinking about what's next in my life, I always look for five things, right? Number one, life's too short. Make sure that whatever you do, you have an impact, right? And so make it worthwhile. Second, if you're having an impact, but you know, you're doing the same thing over and over, life gets boring. So make sure you're learning. So be a lifelong learner. So have an impact, be learning. Third, I would say if you're having an impact on learning, but it's a random motion, you know, it may look a bit weird. So see if you can lay it out as part of a career path, right? Fourth is being recognized is important. It's just a normal human need. Uh, and so if you're also getting recognized at whatever you do, I think that makes it more fulfilling. And finally, the fifth thing, you know, have fun, right? And if you're doing all of those, but you're not having fun, which is unlikely, uh, but if you can have fun at doing that, you know, it's, you never have to work a single day in your life. And I would say if you can get four out of five of those, you're pretty lucky. I am incredibly fortunate and grateful that throughout my career, I've been able to hit all five at every job I've done. And certainly this one's one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rao Mopodi, the CEO of VIEW Inc. Reflecting on the success of the incredible business he and the team have built over the past 12 years and given us a glimpse into the future of smart glass. I'm hyped about it. And I know after this interview, you will never look at a regular window again. Our future is near and Rao is bringing it to us. Thanks for listening to this one. Learn more about VIEW at their amazing website at the link in the description of this episode. And as always, stay frosty, everybody. Be with you again next week.